Welcome, all you math-minded teachers, to the Math-Minded Teachers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Skierski from RethinkMathTeacher.com, a podcast, website, Facebook group, and online courses dedicated to helping you reach all your students through quality instruction, differentiation, remediation, and effective classroom management. Let's get started with episode two, what is a skills-based learning station? Today's episode is brought to you by my free online training called Five Strategies to Help Your Students Get It. If you've got students that are struggling in your class to grasp the concepts being taught, and let's face it, we all have some of those students, I have five strategies that are easy to implement and common sense that will help you reach those students and help them obtain mastery. Just visit the website, rethinkmathteacher.com slash strategies. So let's begin with a story. I was teaching two-step equations in the classroom, and I was walking around from desk to desk trying to help my students get it, and I had quite a few of them who were struggling. But what was really interesting to me as I stepped back and reflected on it was that though many of them were struggling, they were all struggling in different areas. So if you're not familiar, two-step strategies or two-step equations is how you solve an equation in two steps. You have to add something and divide something. And it also utilizes fractions, decimals, and integers. So I noticed that some people were struggling because they didn't understand the fraction rules. Some people were struggling because they didn't understand how to work with integers. Some people didn't know the steps for the two equations, and so on. And I realized that it was going to be really hard to reach each student and serve them so that they could get mastery. Because what typically happens is we just show the steps over and over again on how to solve the problem and the students still don't get it. Because as I'm showing the steps to solve a two-step equation, if the student doesn't know how to add integers, he doesn't understand that step when I do it. So I realized that I needed to remediate each student on the skill that they were missing so that they could eventually master the skill of solving two-step equations, which is what we were working on in class. So let's think about a lower level skill like dividing numbers. For a student to be able to divide numbers, there are actually several skills involved. So think about your long division. First, the students have to know their factors or how many times the first number goes into the main number. Then they have to write it correctly in the correct order, so there's some tracking issues there. And then they have to be able to subtract and then drop the next number and then again go through with their times tables knowing their multiples. So there are several skills in there that the student has to know besides just the process of long division. They have to know how to multiply and they have to know how to subtract. And they have to know how to find the largest multiple that's closest to the number that they're working on. So if you're trying to teach long division and your students are struggling, it might be because they don't know their times tables or because they can't subtract. It might not just be a processing issue with long division. Now, up until this point in my teaching career, I had been what I would consider a traditional teacher, meaning that when I taught math, I taught math to the whole group. Everyone received the same lesson at the same time, and then I gave them practice and I tried to help them or partner them up or however else I could accommodate them, but the pacing was everybody together moving through the skill at the same time. And the problem was everyone was not ready to do that. 
So in education, we tend to treat our students like products on a factory line. They all go through the same process at the same time. And what happens is because everybody's unique, these same processes and these same amount of practice time or the same amount of teaching, it doesn't work the same for all our students. And so because we're treating them all the same, even though they're not, they end up struggling in different areas. And since we're approaching it as a factory line, when these students struggle, we just label them as defective, toss them out, and keep moving the rest of the class through the line. And as you'll notice, the further into the school year you get, the less students you still have on that line because everybody's falling off because they're struggling at a different point in the process and they're not getting the remediation that they need so that they can catch back up or at least make some learning gains. And this is not how we teach anything else in life outside of school. If you don't know, I have three small girls and all three are born inside of 12 months. So they go through a lot of the same stages of life together. And recently we just got done teaching them how to ride bicycles. And so they can now all ride bicycles. And imagine if I taught them like I was teaching my math classes where I was giving them all the same amount of practice until I removed the training wheels and giving them all the same amount of practice until I let them ride by themselves without me helping them. They would continue to fall and fail and eventually they'd get discouraged and give up. Instead, my child who is not a natural with this type of stuff, she got a lot more practice and a lot more help and a lot more time learning and time spent with the training wheels before she was progressed to the next more difficult task. Whereas one of my other children who is a natural at these things, she did not need the same amount of practice. So I didn't give her the same amount of practice. I was able to accelerate her. But we don't do that in the classroom. We treat everybody the same and we progress them through the same curriculum at the same time with the same amount of practice, even though we know everyone's not the same. Some students need more practice than others. And that's just the way it is. But they're not getting those accommodations in the classroom because we're whole group instructing them. And so as those students who need more practice get stuck and struggle, we just move on to the next standard. And so they never mastered the previous one and they fall behind. And in math, a lot of those previous standards, you know, they build upon each other. So they need those to be able to do what you're working on in the classroom. But we're not giving that to them because we're focused on keeping everybody together. Whole group instruction, factory line model. So back to my original story where I'm helping my students with a skill and I'm realizing they're all struggling with different prerequisite skills that are needed to accomplish the one we're working on in class. So I decided that I was going to remediate each student based on the skill that they needed to develop to be able to do the grade level work. But how do you remediate the whole class when multiple students need remediation on different skills at the same time? So I decided that I was going to build a station for each of the skills that was needed uh, in order to do the grade level work. So in the example of my two-step equations, I was going to build a station for adding integers and one for subtracting integers and one for multiplying and dividing and one for one-step equations. And I would put the students in the station that they needed to work on. And this led to some really cool benefits uh, besides that it really helped the students master the things that they were working on. For example, data-driven instruction became obvious. Everybody was working on a standard 
and I was helping them master that. And so I charted when they mastered it and I progressed them to the next station. So the data was natural. And because I was collecting all this data, we decided that we would celebrate it. So anytime a student mastered the skill they were working on and got promoted to the next standard, we celebrated their academic success which really encouraged them. They enjoyed that a lot. And so that helped motivate them to be more successful. Plus, I've got all this data on the wall when my administrators come in the room. So some really cool things just came out of mapping out the standards and progressing them through those in those learning stations. Some other really cool things that happened as a result of implementing these learning stations in the classroom, these skills-based learning stations, is first off, I, it gave me the opportunity to allow students to remain on a skill for as long as they needed. So at the beginning of this uh, podcast episode, I was talking about how different people learn different skills at different times with di various amounts of practice and repetition. We all master some things quickly and other things not so quickly. Well, now that I had a skills-based learning station already set up, I could allow the student to remain in that station until they mastered the skill without progressing them to the next station. And this goes back to that factory line model. No longer was I grouping everyone together and forcing them through the same amount of practice with their peers, even though they all needed different amounts of practice. Now it was more like a ladder where every student was on a level and they would stay on that level until they were ready to take the next step. And then they would just continue to make progress towards the ultimate goal of mastering the grade level standard. Another uh, positive thing that came out of these skills-based learning stations was I was no longer penalizing students for failure. You know, failure is a discouragement and I understand accountability and all that, but because different students get things at different paces, we often penalize them for taking longer than others. Also, failure is part of the learning process. We learn through failure. Yet in education, we are constantly penalizing students for making mistakes. And this has a lot of negative consequences. Students uh, get discouraged, they give up, they're less likely to take risks or to experiment, and they tend to go more towards that rote memorization that we know is not the best way to learn something. So by allowing a student to remain in a standard or a skill-based station until he or she masters that, I didn't have to give them a bad grade for taking longer. I simply replaced their good grades, their bad grades, with the good grades they got once they mastered the standard. Finally, the students really bought into this. Um, it was some work creating the standards and teaching the students how to work through them. But once that was behind me and we could just focus on the learning, the students really enjoyed it. They made great progress. Um, they appreciated the not being penalized and the being allowed to take risks and the allowed, being allowed to work at their own pace. And so classroom management increased. My learning gains increased significantly. The students' diagnostic scores uh, were superior compared to the rest of the school, the rest of the district, the rest of the state, even though I was working with the lower level students. It really had all sorts of benefits, um, which is why I'm such a big fan of using skills-based learning stations in the classroom, both for remediation and acceleration, as well as for all those other reasons I mentioned, the not penalizing failure and allowing students to work at their own pace, etc. 
So let's recap. What is a skills-based learning station? It's not differentiation where students are working on the same skill at different stations and so they're doing different activities or different tasks or different word problems, but everyone's working on the same skill at the same time. Instead, the skills-based learning stations that we teach at RethinkMathTeacher.com is to build stations to help the student master the skill that they're, they need to develop or they need to work on so that they can do the grade level work. So you might have a station for adding integers and then a station for the next skill, which would be subtracting integers, and then the next skill, multiplying and dividing, or whatever skill you're working on that's for your grade level work. So inside that skills-based station, and I will be doing another podcast on this, and I do have trainings and, and uh, resources on the website that will help you with that, but inside the station, you want to give a tutorial because that's how people learn. They need to be taught. So you need to give a tutorial, and then you need to give ample practice with immediate feedback, and we'll discuss more of that in future podcasts, and in it, I already have done so in great detail on the website. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, this one is uh, sponsored by my free online master course, which is called Five Practices to Increase Math Comprehension. Sometimes you might see it called Five Practices to Help Students Get It. And this is available on my course page at thinkific.com. So if you just go to rethinkmathteacher.thinkific, that's thinkific.com, you will see... uh, my online courses that will help you with these learning stations and specifically the one we've been mentioning in this podcast, the five practices to help students get it. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this one on what is a skills-based learning station. I hope you found it informational. I hope you found it helpful. I hope you found it um, beneficial that you're going to want to start building these to assist your students and help them start mastering more skills and making greater learning gains. As mentioned, I hope you'll visit the website rethinkmathteacher.com strategies to take my free online course, Five Practices to Increase Math Comprehension. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next one.